0: Baba Kamadaf, Kofi, the last thing we're discussing was if a thief gave back the principal but not the fifth. He doesn't have to walk all the way to Madai to give it back. And the Gemara understood that the fifth is considered money. It's considered a complete debt. And if uh, the, the thief dies, the inheritors have to pay that extra fifth. And we have a breita that says the same thing. But we also have another breita in Torat Koanim who says that they don't have to pay that fifth. So Rav Nahman explained, it depends if the the thief admitted or didn't uh, admit. We brought up a situation where if the child swears, he does not have to pay the fifth, either because the thief's child uh, has to swear because he inherited land from his father and you can't swear on land. And therefore, even if he swore, that's not a real swear in the sense where he would be high of fifth. Or like what Rabbah said, that the, the, the child didn't know that this uh, theft even exists. So now he only pays the principal, not the fifth. And with that, we're going to start Amud Alif. Eight lines in by the two dots, where it says, If the person who the item was stolen from forgave the theft, except for less than a Shavit pruta from the principal, so meaning... He told the, the the thief, "You only owe me less than a shave pruta Then he does not have to go all the way to Madai to give it back. And of That's only if the actual item is, is still not there anymore. About Gezela Kayemet, Sarich Harav. But if the item, the actual item is is intact and it's there, then you have to go all the way to Madai. Why? and because we're worried it might go up in price. And then it's worth more than Shavit Ruta and then you would have to bring it back to Madai. Now, Iqadam is something of Papa as follows. Papa, la shana sheen doesn't make a difference if the item is intact or not. also you don't have to go back to Madai. Why? In this type of case where you forgot everything except less than Shavit we're not uh, worried that it might uh, go up in price. And once we're on the subject of uh, stealing less than Shavei Prutah, so Amar Avar a question. Gazal three agudot be three If someone stole three bundles of some, let's say some vegetable, let's say celery, for example, right? They were three prutot, Each bundle is worth a perutah. But now they went down in price and they're worth two, uh, two prutot. If you gave back two of them, it's still not good enough. You have to give back a third, meaning if you gave back two bundles of the salary, you have to give back the third bundle because you're giving the actual item. And if the item is not there, then you have to give him back a third shave pruta. And Tosafot explained that the same halacha would be if someone stole an item and now it's worth less than a shave pruta, you still have to give it back. And we're bringing a Mishnah to help us. Pesach. If someone stole Hametz and Pesach Pesach, now they're worth nothing because it's Hametz shavala Pesach. You have to get rid of it. Omer the thief could, uh, could give back the Hametz and say, "Here's your whiskey bottle in front of you. I don't owe you anything." And di That's because the whiskey bottle is intact. Ha But if it's not intact. Mamona, even though right now it's not worth anything, since originally it was worth money. Therefore you have to pay. So the same idea in regards to that third bundle of celery. even though right now it's not worth a Shavutta, Since originally it was worth a Shaviputta, you have to pay. So now Bhairava Raba a question. Gazal Shita Someone stole two bundles they're both worth a Shave So do someone stole two bundles of celery, they're both together, they're worth uh Shaveputta. One's half, the other one's half and you he, and the thief gave back one mahu what do we say do we say right now there's not there you don't have a theft that's worth a shavet pruta and therefore it's not a theft or do we say that you never gave back the theft that you stole figured out the answer on his own there's no theft there's no return Dagmar doesn't understand. What do you mean? If there's no theft, that means you, you gave back the item, right? That, that said, You did what you were supposed to do. Dagmar says, no. This is what I was trying to say. Afal even though there's no theft here because it's worthless than but still, mitzvah in can you never did the mitzvah of giving back an item that you stole. And here's the same type of question in regards to a nazir who shaved his head. Nazir Nazir, at the end of his Nizirud, if he shaved his head and he left two hairs, Law he didn't do anything. He has to shave everything. So when I ask the question, hat Let's say of those two hairs that are left, he shaved one, one fell off by itself. what's Is that count as a shaving or not? I don't understand. Is the question is is the question that I was trying to ask is in regards to a Nazir who shaved one hair at a time. Amar explained, No, what are we asking about? You know, we're talking about a situation where one of them fell, the, from those last two, one of them fell, and the other one he shaved. Do we say, there's no shiur over here, meaning you have one hair left, that's not a shiur to be high after shave, meaning if he shaved everything except one hair, that counts as a shaving we said in the day there was, there was no shaving here because originally he left two hairs and then when one fell and now he's shaving there wasn't two hairs so what's the halakha and then Abba figured out the answer himself there's no hair and there's no shaving and we asked but we said if there's no hair okay then he shaved he did his job the so Gemara explains: No mm-hmm. is what I was trying to say. Even though there's no hair now, however, He never did the mitzvah of shaving. And then he gets into machloket: Is he allowed to be Is he allowed to drink wine? And he, uh, he, would he have to wait another thirty days till he grows hair and shave all over again? He gets himself in that safik. And the Gemara brings another question: the case over there is, there's a first floor, second floor, there's a hole in the ceiling of the first floor, which is the floor of the second floor. So there's like an opening from first floor to second floor. There's a dead body on the first floor, and so and we want to make sure that the Tum'ah doesn't go up to the second floor. So we know clay and, or earthenware vessel blocks the Tum'ah from spreading. So a person, let's say, has a barrel. He wants to put it in wherever that hole is. So this way the Tumag is blocked. That's considered blocked. But let's say the the barrel has a hole inside of it. But the hole is being blocked off by the sediments at the bottom of the, of the, of the vessel. So the halakha is hisiluha that that uh, the sediments that are blocking the hole in the vessel it saved everything it saved the tumah from going up to the to the second floor and, and it's considered good and rabah let's say someone took some cement and blocked off half that hole that was in the that was in the the vessel is that considered uh, filled or not The shi'ur, the measurement that the hole needs to be is enough for liquid to come out or to go in. If you covered half of that, so now you only have half of that shi'ur, is that considered blocked or not? And the Gemara didn't understand, Damad Ravi Love Mishna Tenu isn't that a Mishnah it not Havich and Gbaus That if there's a barrel that sediments are blocked it off, it, it saved the Tuma from going. Pick a is mora, but if someone just uh, stuffed a vine over there, it's uh, considered uh, it's still Tame, it's still Tuma still able to go through Achi Mare until you put the cement over there. Hayubashtaim if there was two vines inside, you have to put cement around the sides, and in between the two uh, vines that are in, in that hole. Now, the reason is because he put cement over there. But if he didn't put cement over there, it doesn't save the vessel, and the vessel doesn't block the tomb. And the question is, let it be, at the same halakha as if you only cemented half. And therefore, you have to say that cementing half is nothing. What are you comparing? Hatam over there with the vines. We'll just say that if you didn't put cement, it's like the vines are not there. And they're not going to stand. That when you cement half of it, whatever, whatever cement you put is going to stand. And the question still sends We don't know what the halacha would be is if you only cemented half the whole. Next, Rabba brought down the case that we that we mentioned in a Mishnah if someone stole hametz, pesach pest, he tells him, "Here's your whiskey bottle," and he walks away. He doesn't have to pay for it. And Baer Rabba has a question. Let's say Nishba, Let's say this person who stole this whiskey bottle before pesach and now pesach pest. Let's say he swore. That this whiskey bottle was never bought by him. Now, what's the halacha if later on he came and he admitted, "Listen, I took the, the whiskey bottle. Now here, it's after Pesach. It's worthless. Anyways, you take it. Does he have to pay that extra fifth or not?" Do we say? Look, if this whiskey bottle was stolen from him, he would have to pay him for the actual bottle. And therefore, he when he when he swore and he lied. He swore on money. He swore on a debt that he owes. And therefore, he has to pay that extra fifth. Or maybe at the end, they will say, look, he's he's putting it in front of him. When this whiskey bottle is just dust, it's it's dirt. Like we said uh, in Kal Hamirah, it's worthless to you. And he never lied about anything that was worth anything. He lied about air, dust. So he doesn't have to pay that extra fifth. And raba question that raba had, Rabah with an alif, was a simple answer to about with the, the Amar Abba, with the hay, said, in the case where one person claims, of the Hey, you stole my cow. The other person says, No, I didn't steal it. Then Mati, what's the why do you have it? Well, Shomer, I'm watching it for you for free. And then we found out that he was lying, and he admitted that he lied. Hayav, has to give a Korban Shavuah, meaning even though he admitted he has it, he didn't lie about that part, but still when he lied about how he got there, what he ended up doing by lying under oath is uh, exempting himself if they got stolen, if they got lost. And again, same idea, if he lied and he said, I'm a Shomer Sakhar, I mean, I'm, I'm being paid by you to watch it. Hayav is also hayav a korban for lying under oath. umeta because he exempted himself when he said I'm shomer sakhar. He exempted himself that if it, if it broke or if or if it died the regular way, it's considered an honest and he wouldn't have to pay. So he exempted himself from any honest case. Now, same idea. If he swore sworn, he said I was just borrowing it. Hayav, he has to give a Korban because He exempted it himself from paying if it died through natural causes, meaning it was just working regular and it died like any other borrower. Almaz, what do you understand? de even though the item is here, since it if it would have been stolen. This person is trying to get himself out of paying, so therefore he's uh, denying a debt. So even now, in the case with the here's your ox in front of you, you have to say that he's uh, denying money. And hachanami, so same thing over here in the case of al with the alf, with the hametz, even though right now it's worthless, it's just air, it's just dust in the air, since if this hametz would have been stolen, he would have to pay the original owner money, so he's denying money that he owes, and therefore he has to pay. So now, Yatib Rabbah, now some say it's Rabbah So he brought down this uh, case, Etivei Rabbah, and Rabbah asked to Rabbah or Rabbah, whoever wrote the case. We have a break that says, and he denied it. It's coming to exclude a case where someone admits that, it, that the item belongs to the person making the claim. Kitsad, what are we talking about? Shoriga nafta vihu Mera Loga nafti. If a person says, Hey, you stole my uh axe and the and the person watching it says I didn't steal it, then Mati Whatsaha, what's it doing by you? Atamikatali, you sold it to me, Atanita Toli bimatana, you gifted it to me. Aviha micharodi, your father sold it to me, Aviha Netano libana, your father gave it to me as a gift, a ha r parati rats, it ran after my cow, may love batze came on to I badere kummetzativ, I found it uh, lost on the way, I and I brought it to my house. I'm watching it for you. I'm being a paid watchman. I'm borrowing it. He swore falsely. Then he admitted he lied. Maybe he has to give a Korban. That's why it says he denied it, meaning he would not have to give a Korban in that type of case. That's not called a real denial. So or Rabao, whoever it was, Amar tedura, you're missing a heart, meaning either you're, you're, you're an imbecile or you're, you're lazy. That bright house in regards to where he told him, here's your item back. I'm talking about a case where the item is in the swamp somewhere. Let's say the cow that we're discussing is in the swamp somewhere. In the case of Helach, where he's just giving it to him, okay, that's it, story's over. In the case of the, the, he swore and the item is in the, the swamp, meaning it's not even in his, in his possession, and he could definitely get out of paying something that he might owe. And it's not the same case. And now the Gemara has a question on the B'aita before. If a person says, you sold it to me, how's that admitting? So the Gemara explains, no, we need it. We're talking about a situation where you sold it to me, I took it, I didn't give you the money yet, you just told me here, take the ox and go. Now the Gemara continues asking on the Baita, you can tell me, my model, If you gave it to me as a gift, or your father gave it to me as a gift, what admission is there over here? So the Gemara explains. You said it was all because I was doing you that favor. You're giving to me You're giving me this cow because I did you that favor. And I didn't do you that favor. And you just told me you take the cow and go, and we'll discuss the favor later. So that's the admission that we're talking about. Here's another part. I found him lost on the way, and I just brought it home. So then he should say, look, you should have brought it back to me. We're talking about a situation where the person swore that I saw it lost, I didn't know it was yours to give it back to you, and then he admitted Next, I'm going to bring Breitah regarding Shavuat Idut. Uh, Shavuat Ha'edut is when a person comes to two people, he tells them, hey, um, you saw what happened, can you testify? And they'll tell them, listen, we never saw such a thing, we don't know about the case. And they were caught lying, meaning they knew about the case. They were withholding testimony from a Din, So they would have to give a Korban for lying about not knowing. And in some cases, you would even have to pay money. So, Tanya Amar bin Azai sh- lost Hen Bin Azai said, there's three types of swears. If And this is in regards to uh, so, uh, someone seeing a lost item. Uh, lost an item. Shim on saw it. So, there's three types of swears. Number one, he kira So if Shimon knew knew that uh, this uh, this item this lost item belongs to Reuven, but he didn't know who who found it. So I mean, he found it in someone's yard. Just doesn't know the person. Or he knew the person who found it. He just uh, doesn't know the item. He didn't know the, the person who found it or the item. And the Gemara says, wait a second. The guy doesn't know the person who found it or the, lo- the lost item. He's saying the truth. So the, 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 the Gemara fixes the ubmotza. If he knew who the person that found it was. And he knew that uh, what lost item it is. So these are the three cases. So the like Gemara asks, "LeMayel Heta what's the Hidush of these three cases?" So Rava Mei Amar Hanina Liftur. It's coming to say that in these three cases the person would not have to give a Korban if he was caught lying. No, he would still have to give a Korban Ubi Plukta dehani e and the machlokit between Rabbi Ami and in the name of Rabbi Hanina and Shmuel is in the machlokit of the following Tanim of the Brahda Tanya. Hamashbiya If a person makes one person swear about knowing a testimony and the person said, I don't know what you're talking about, and then he we we found out that he lied. Hathur this uh, witness or this witness who was withholding testimony he does not have to give a korban. The Rabbi Al-Azhar says he has to give a korban. Now what's the mahluket between them? Something that can cause money to be transferred is like money. Over here you're right that's only one witness the one witness, if he comes to Betin, he can obligate a swear. So the person who's, the defendant of it, the person who was being blamed for theft, would have to swear. Listen, you have one witness against you, you have to swear. And the person, there's a chance he would say, I, you know I don't want to swear, I just want to pay. And uh, that money would go to the person making the claim. So by you not coming to Betin, I lost out on that chance. And therefore, Azab Azza, Rabbi Shimon says, you have to pay, give a korban. Something that can cause money to be transferred is not like actual money and since at the end of the day this person's testimony cannot obligate the so-called thief to, to pay, therefore he, he would not have to give a korban and the Gemara brings another deen in regards to someone denying a deposit that was given to him if someone denied a deposit meaning Reuben gave Shimon something to watch for him and he denied it even though he didn't swear at that point at that point he becomes like a thief and therefore he is obligated to pay for anything that happens to this animal or this item even if lightning strikes from the sky or anything out of the blue we have a bright out to help us from the words and he denied it we learn a punishment however you can't just punish someone without warning so where's the warning from we have another pasuk that says you're not allowed to deny my love isn't that coming to tell me that you would have to pay like i just said the says it's coming to say that you are only obligated to pay as if you swore falsely. But the gemara has a problem because Hamidikatanis Look at the seifa of the breita said he swore. ishtabah. It sounds like in the, the first part of the breita that we're talking about is where he didn't swear the katane because the seifa says vinishba al shaker he swore falsely. So we understand that you have to punish him because when you swore and you lied, you, you made the person lose their money. Therefore, you have to pay. You need a warning from where you, see, it says you're not allowed to lie. So if the Sefa is talking about swearing, obviously the Reisha is talking about n- not swearing. And still, you would be obligated to pay. Meaning, even if a person didn't swear, he just denied uh, being a watchman. He's, uh, he's considered the Ghazlani would be hayav and honest. Exactly like Rav Sheshat. So the Gemara responds, Amre. We could say the Sefa Andresha is talking about a situation where they swore. Khan Hoda in the Sefa we're talking about where he admitted that he lied. And Khan waidim. But Andresha, we're talking about a situation where witnesses came and said he's lying. And the difference is as follows Atu Idim, if witnesses came, then Hayav Onesim, he only is Hayav, if anything happened to him, even in honest However, Oduye Ode, if he admitted, then he's Hayav bekeren the principal, the homish, fifth, the asham, korban asham, that's why you need it two warnings. But if he denied without the swearing, then even if witnesses come, could be doesn't have a deen of a gazlan and he wouldn't be high if there's an onus. So maybe it does not help Rav Sheshat. So now the has a question of Sheshat from a Mishnah Mativ Haman. Bar has a question. This is in regards to someone making a claim on someone else. Rovin claims Shimon owes him money and he has to swear, and Shimon has to swear. The problem is, he, the Shimon is uh, suspected of lying under oath. And the, and the Mishnah explains, this is a Mishnah in uh, How would we have a case of someone uh, suspected of lying under oath? Whether he lied about knowing a, a testimony, or he lied about the deposit that was by him. Even if this person swore falsely on something that has nothing to do with money or against someone else. In all these cases, the person making the claim swears and extracts money and collects payment. Usually the person swearing doesn't collect payment. You swear to get out of paying. Well, here it's the opposite. Now, all you have to do is just uh, deny something. You don't even have to swear in order to be pasul and we don't believe you in, in when it comes to swearing in Betin. According to Sheshat, he became a gazlan. A gazlan is, uh, is suspected of lying under oath. The Quran says, I'm not. What are we talking about? Where the item is out in the swamp somewhere. It's not really a kefirah. Over there, the case is the person has the, the cow. It's just in uh, the swamp somewhere. I have to go bring it and come back. So he's just denying that. I am not watching it. I'm not responsible for it. You never gave it to me. He's just saying something like that till he goes and gets it. So he's not Pasul from swearing because he wasn't planning to steal it. On the other hand, Rav shot was talking about a situation where witnesses are testifying that, what are you talking about, you actually have it in your house. And the Gemara brings a proof. If someone denies a, a, a loan, a debt that he owes someone else, but he never swore. And witnesses came and said that, what are you talking about, you owe him the money he's still to testify could be he was just pushing the man off he didn't have the money right now but he never would have lied under oath however if it was if it was something you're watching for someone and then witnesses came and said uh, even though he didn't swear yet at that point you became a because you could have just gave it back why didn't you just give it back so the rule is different over there. Now the Gma has another question on Rav Shishat. Didn't Ilfa say that when someone swears, at that point he's, he acquires the item, meaning he'd be high, he's considered a gazdani, he'd be high if anything happens to it. And we understand that it's only a swear that puts him in a category where he would have to pay for an honest, but not just denying it. And the Gemara again, it says, Over here also, this is talking about where it's in the swamp. He didn't want to steal it, He was just trying to push the man off. And that's why he's not Hayavan on Asim. The or you could say or you could understand when we say that a swear acquires something has nothing to do with on a scene rather it's if a person says hey you owe me a hundred and the other person says no you don't know I don't owe you anything and he swore to him and we're talking about a swear outside of Betin we'll see that uh, tomorrow if witnesses later on said so no he owe he, you owe him or he owes you patur he the, the person who originally swore doesn't have to pay it says over there it says once he swore he doesn't have to pay. once the owner took a swear that's it now the the, the person who swore doesn't have to pay anymore so when Rav Sheshat said that the Shavua Kona, it's not that, oh, he's on and Onasin. No, it's just to tell you that he's patur from the repercussions of a false swear. And the Gemara will further explain it tomorrow, but we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Le'olam, Amen ve'amen.